from the Ellen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, high atop two Turtle Creek, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. It's your host, Ryan Trimble, coming to you virtually today in the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, joined once again by a man who is always holly and jolly. He, of course, Sean P. Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Good day, Ryan Trimble. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. As I like to say, happy Christmas to you and your family. I hope y'all are getting ready to experience some holiday cheer. Technically, we are in the last two work days of our work year. Um, and so we, so we, as usual, are working hard right up until the final hour. That's right. They say run through the tape, Sean. So I'm running. Keep, just keep running. I, I am literally running because uh, while work is still going, school is out. So uh, I am running around chasing a two- and five-year-old in between calls, uh, Mrs. Trimble doing the same. So tis the season. Tis the season um, for that. And, you know, I'm just not – um, you know, I'm not in that place currently, but you never know about the future. We'll see. Um, you <laughs> That's know, not a teaser, is, I don't think. That is not. That is, I'm not breaking any news here. Um, you know, but this is the season, which we, I guess we got, I think, a week from today. Mrs. Williams and I will be celebrating a one year of marriage. It's amazing. Congratulations. It's a, I, Thank you. I, Thank you. I, I remember watching you virtually. Uh, say your vows, and I can't believe we're still here. But I'm grateful. We, 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 we can't believe we are still here. I think uh, when you ask Dominique, I believe her response is it seems like five years, um, only because we've well, not only because, but in part because we have survived a winter storm, uh, we have survived a hurricane all during a worldwide global pandemic. Uh, and many other things that have happened over the course of this year. So, um, you know, we Murder were hornets. <laughs> you, you survived those guys. Thank goodness, Sean. So I guess we don't want to be premature, but I will go ahead and say thank you. Yes. Well, um, excited for you guys. It's, it's really fun um, to see you, your newlywed, my newlywed colleagues still. So. Oh, I think. I think you're seeing plenty of us. Uh, I think there's there's just been a barrage of tweets and <laughs> Twitter photos and all kinds of stuff. Yes. So I don't I don't think that you can avoid us unless you mute us. Well, as I as I texted you the night I got your card, the Williams family Christmas card goes hard this year. I mean, it was it was serious business. Well, I thought that we were doing pretty good and we were feeling pretty proud of ourselves. Almost ready to pop collars on that card until we got the Trimble card which had uh, gold embossing on it. And so, you know, we, we have quickly had to go back to the drawing board for 2022 and see, see what it's going to look like because we, we, we quickly learned we have a long way to go in the holiday card game. Right. You, you ready for how Mrs. Trimble kicked it up this year, Sean? You, you may not have noticed, but flip on the back. With every order from the company we ordered from, they plant a tree. Oh, I did not, I did not see the double bottom line there. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we're saving the environment and spreading holiday cheer, Sean. Just as I, I would expect you to. 
That's right. That is That's on right. brand. <laughs> it is on brand for the Trimbles. Speaking of trees, uh, as I'm sitting here next to our tree that uh, our new cat uh, has half taken out the lights on, Sean, uh, it's still standing though, but she has five days left until Christmas to take this thing out. So we will keep you posted on that. Uh, wish us all luck. Uh, we're excited to get to Christmas, but we're also excited to bring today's episode to our listeners. Well, we've got a wonderful guest and it's someone who um, I found out actually listens to the show, which is great. Uh, you know, we generally assume it's just our two mothers listening, but we uh, are always excited to find out when someone else is listening to the show. And today we have Chairman Adam Bazaldua who will be uh, speaking us with us today. Uh, starting his second, he started his second term. He's in the middle of his second term here, and uh, someone we both know and have had a chance to work with. And it's really a coup to have an opportunity to get him on our show right before the holidays. Yeah, it is. It's it's great, and um, I've I've uh, really enjoyed working with uh, Chairman Basil Dua, uh, especially these past six months. He's in his second term on the council, but these past six months he's been. Uh, chair of the Quality of Life Committee. And so I've gotten to work with him on several issues. Um, the first one, you know, that comes to mind, of course, is short-term rentals, uh, working on uh, cracking that code and making sure we have the right structure in place so that, um, you know, we can all benefit and have good neighborhoods and good neighbors and everything else that comes with it. Um, I know you get sick of me as talking about hot tax, Sean. Man, you, you have a hot tax plan that I just can't wait for people to hear. And um, I, I don't get sick of you talking about work. How can I do that? Very important. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm like I'm like one of those toy soldiers. You just wind me up and I start marching, you know. There's a Christmas reference for you, Sean Williams. Well, I, I'm excited to, to talk to him because one of the things that I've learned by talking to people who do listen to the show is – you know, folks like when we get off the immediate topic, I mean, obviously, for instance, when we talk to Dr. Eric Johnson, people want to know his take on economic development. But I, I spoke to and we were both speaking to someone who said, wow, I didn't know he played basketball. And so, right. uh, you know, I, I'm interested in learning more about um, Chairman Basil Dua and his time, you know, in the kitchens here in Dallas and what he yeah. learned there. So I'm, I'm really excited to kick this off. Yeah, it gives him a great perspective uh, for, for being in the position on, on council. So um, without further ado, Sean, let's jump right into our interview. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We'll be right back. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, I'm feeling very holly and jolly today. Excited about our guest, who's, I think he's pretty fired up about the Cowboys season, if uh, <laughs> my eyes don't deceive me here. 
But uh, he, of course, Adam Bazaldua, Dallas City Councilman, Chair of the Quality of Life Arts and Culture Committee. Councilman, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And yes, go Cowboys after a win <laughs> like that. When we can go into to, to Christmas with 10 wins, this is a good, this is a good year, good season. It's, pretty, it's amazing. It's amazing. But um, well, well, we've heard that you're a Cowboys fan, and, and we've got – Sean and I both got to know you a little bit uh, during your time on the council. But um, for our listeners, we wanted to uh, let you have a chance to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you. And um, thanks again to both of you all for having me today. Um, I uh, am 34 years old from DeSoto, Texas, and um, did, I like to say that I didn't really go the traditional route to politics. Um, I was uh, in the restaurant industry, um, decided to go to culinary school, um, went to New York City to uh, pursue that dream, which I did and had, had a great uh, stint there. Um, decided to uh, start a family, move back to Dallas where we have, you know, our support system. And uh, it, I transitioned from the restaurant industry to teaching culinary arts with DISD. Uh, after that, I um, realized that there's a lot of work to be done. And even though I hadn't gone the traditional route uh, to politics, that seemed to have been a tone uh, in the political climate across the country, especially with the president who had no experience. And uh, I, I, I used that as um, motivation to run here locally. And um, I was unsuccessful in 2017 and stuck with, uh, you know, really the end goal of, of bringing representation to District 7 that I hadn't seen uh, in a long time. And uh and so I came back in 19 and one. And so here I am now, um, the youngest council member um, at City Hall and also probably the one with the most uh, working class experience, if you will. So I love bringing a perspective to policymaking uh, that really um, brings in a voice to a, a group of uh, or a population that I think uh, often gets left out of the, those conversations. So uh, that's in a nutshell kind of what brought me here and a little bit about me. So chairman, you're in your second term. Um, you know, we've gotten to know a, a number of your colleagues and you got some new colleagues on the council who've joined this year. So we just wanted to get your take on, on city hall right now as it is and what you think about the group of folks you're working with and how you guys are moving forward. Sure. Yeah. I think that we are, you know, last year I would have said the same thing, honestly, uh, when, when someone asked me that, how how's it going? How does everybody get along? And I'm like, you know what? We got an awesome council. Um, and I feel the same way now. Um, everybody's got strengths and everybody's got weaknesses. Um, but the, the best part about working with the folks that I work with uh, representing various districts across the city is the passion that all of us have for our constituents. Um, and that is something that can't be disputed. And, you know, despite um, policy differences or ideology differences, it's, it's real easy to give benefit of the doubt um, when those differences come up because I realize that everyone's doing exactly what they were brought here to do. And um, to me, it's, it's, it's inspiring uh, and it's hopeful for our city um, when we have such passionate individuals um, uh, working on, on behalf of the residents. So I personally can't complain um, about where we are. In fact, 
I think that, you know, I, it wasn't a, a secret. Me and the mayor didn't really see eye to eye uh, in, the, in the first couple of years that I was on council. And even that's changed. You know, we work very well together. I think that uh, more than anything, we've we've come to realize how many similarities we had instead of focusing on the differences that we had. And uh, we both are raising young families. Um, we both represent he represents the whole city now, but I represent the constituency that he represented for almost a decade in the Texas legislature. So um, we focus on those and, and we keep uh, focused at the job that we are tasked to do. And um, I'm, I'm proud of the work that we've accomplished so far since I've been on council. And I'm, I'm very hopeful to uh, have an opportunity to maybe look back, you know, six years from now and see the amount of change that has happened over eight years. Yeah, Chairman, you talk about your constituency. District 7 is such an interesting district. You go from basically downtown across, you've got all of uh, around Fair Park, uh, South Dallas proper. You go out, you touch almost a big town out in Mesquite, and then yeah. you uh, you come down, you go all the way down to Trinity. And so um, it, it's a it's an interesting, broad, uh, diverse district. What, what, are, what are some of the issues you hear about most from, from your folks? You know, I'm glad that you brought that up. I actually uh, often say during usually uh, campaign elevator speeches uh, that we've got the, the tale of two cities in one district line, um, which is is pretty incredible in my eyes. Um, it's that coexistence of, uh, of of a diversity that is not only with uh, racial, but also socioeconomics that really makes up a community in, in a successful way. Um, what we've had in the past, in my opinion, is... Um, representation that focuses on one or the other. And we have, uh, for a long time, my residents in South Dallas, the southern part of our district, have, have been forgotten about, um, have been the stepchild, have been um, neglected uh, often, and, it, and, and, and kind of dealt with with appeasement, if you will. Uh, a focus has been really put on the part of the district where the votes are most prominent, right? Um, but I, I think that that's what makes this district so unique, but also so challenging in that um, you've got to figure out a way that those people over there by Big Town um, or over that live by Bishop Lynch High School feel that their council member is at City Hall for them just as much as my folks down in Joppy or uh, down in Bonton. And um, although it's two different worlds of Dallas, um, I feel that I've really taken that task and um, put the boots on the ground for that reason, because uh, for so long, I think that this seat has um, been absent. Uh, And I don't say that as a dig to anybody, but I think that it's really easy to get caught up in the inner workings of City Hall and the politics that goes on. And you forget that you are the first line of defense to any resident. Uh, when it comes to their local government. And and that's what I really tried to focus on with my job. Well, one of the key pieces in your district is Fair Park. Um, as a resident of, of Dallas, uh, member of the Dallas Historical Society, love Fair Park, always interested, got to go to Enchant Dallas, which is great. Um, so I wanted to see what you think about what's going on with Fair Park uh, since Fair Park First has come on board and, and what you see as the opportunities in the future there. You know, Fair Park is uh, one of the biggest reasons that I ran, actually. Um, so one of former council members in District 7 uh, was a part of a process that started the privatization 
Um, and that process did, didn't go over very smoothly, um, as you all probably remember. Uh, and so I, I want to just start by saying that because of the, the long history, uh, because of the context that, that has to be included of, of Fair Park's you know, background of our city, um, whoever got that bid was, was in for an uphill battle. And that's just the, the truth. Um, there was a lot to repair. There was a lot to repair um, in a very technical way, um, you know, being uh, specific and actually repairing buildings. But there's also a lot to repair from wrongs that had been done with this property for, uh, for throughout the history of our city. Um, Fair Park First, to me, has been doing an incredible job. I don't think that we um, could have anybody that would be doing a perfect job. Uh, so that's why I think it's important to add that context. Uh, the amount of due diligence that has been given to making sure that the community has a stake in uh, the decisions that are made throughout this process, the master plan that went on um, uh, that was ended up being approved. And, and I, I want to, I always say this, we approved it and it went through council twice, right? And um, not one time did we have negative comments um, signed up. Not one time did, did it not pass unanimously. And so that to me is not something I can hang my hat on, but it really the, the group, it's the group and the amount of work that they did. And I will tell you as a representative of South Dallas that it's very rare that you have something big get done without there being strong voices on both sides. And so to know that those voices were mitigated uh, so that we didn't hear them at the council level, it means that they were brought to the table. It means that when there were um, issues with what was going on or input that uh, the community wanted to buy in, Fair Park First really did that work to make sure that they had that opportunity. And that's the most uh, the thing that I'm most proud of when it comes to the group. And then, of course, you can look at the fact that we just ended the first year in decades uh, that they've been in the in the black, uh, you know, and um, which is incredible. We've had awesome uh, programming there that has brought record numbers, um, including something as you mentioned in Chant right now. Um, we're having record attendance that they, I think, the last I heard is almost three times what the expected attendance was going to be for that. So um, they've taken to the task. They've brought in some great programming, the winter classic rolling stones. We've got Coldplay coming up this spring. Um, and then this summer we're going to be breaking down, breaking ground on a uh, parking deck. So um, actually seeing things move is something that I can't be more uh, happy with. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We're going to take a break so Ryan can look for his Coldplay tickets. But right after we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, some of the issues that uh, Chairman Fazaldu is working on. So hang with us through the break. We'll be right back right after this. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams, 
joined today by Dallas City Councilman Adam Basildua, the Baz. Everybody knows <laughs> Baz, um, or so it seems. Everybody calls you Baz, Chairman. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm okay with that too. You know, in the restaurant industry, I was always called Chef Baz, and so <laughs> I just kind of Chef got taken off, and I'm totally used to it. You shortened it. I like it. That's it's good. Better than, well, it's better than having everybody try to pronounce my last name. <laughs> I've heard a number of different ways, as I'm sure you have. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, Councilman, you know, shortly after uh, the new council was elected uh, earlier this year, you were tapped to serve as the chair of the Quality of Life Arts and Culture Committee. Um, you see a broad spectrum of issues come through your committee. Uh, it sounds like perhaps a, um, you know, a softball committee, but man, you are dealing with all sorts of issues. Um, so I first want to hear about your, your kind of your vision for the committee and how you're going to impact, you know, our, our quality of life here in Dallas. And then, uh, hope you share a little bit about some of the issues you've taken on. Yeah. Thank you uh, for the question. You know, when I first got it, I, I, I will tell you, there's probably a, a small part of me that was more disappointed than I should have been because <laughs> I'm like, man, I get my first chairmanship and it's, it's quality of life. But then I talked to who I would consider uh, a mentor, which uh, is Lee Kleinman. And he, um, he gave me a perspective that I thought was really important. And he said, every other committee on our council is reactionary. He said, you know, everything that comes up is addressing policy issues and things that, that need to get fixed. It's things that, and then you have this blank canvas, this slate that actually gets to impact quality of life. You get to be the most proactive committee uh, on the council. And that perspective really opened my eyes to things. It, you know, I sat down with city manager, sat down with Tristan Hallman, and I, I, I wanted to go through some of the ideas that I had and find out like, does, is this more public safety or is this quality of life? Because I think I could have an argument for it. And I heard you know, across the board. I think that's quality of life. Okay. Well, here's this. I think that this could be transportation, but you know, and, and so then I started to realize I've got kind of a pretty wide uh, range of acceptable uh, issues to take up, which just as Lee said, can be things to kickstart change. Um, and that's a lot of why I, I think that this is such a great uh, committee to chair on top of the fact that the arts and culture component is something that I'm very passionate about. So, um, and of course it goes hand in hand with quality of life. Some of the biggest, um, uh, priorities that I have with quality of life is the, uh, short-term rentals was going to be the, the biggest one, um, knew that getting on, it was uh, kind of left in limbo at the committee level. Um, whenever I took it over, and uh, so I knew that was going to be a big one. But then there were other issues that I uh, was looking to to bring forward, like uh, ban the box. Um, and that's something that we'll see uh, come up through my committee in uh, January. Um, I started looking into uh, the hours of operation for sexually oriented businesses, which has been um, very controversial. <laughs> I always seem to find myself right in the middle of those, but um, that's something that we're working on now and we'll be taking back up in, in January at the full council. And um, so just as you mentioned, I mean, it's a wide variety of things that really impact lives, taking up the uh, um, sidewalk master plan, for instance, you know, um, taking up um, the anything that happens with the parks systems 
um, is, is extremely important. But then I have a lot of uh, leeway so that I can try to see things get moving that I believe should be so. Well, having uh, watched every uh, quality of life and short-term rental task force, I have to tip my tip my hat to you, uh, Chairman, on your your diligence and your uh, you wield the gavel uh, uh, very well. So, um, I was going to ask you though, what if you could choose? What are the top two or three issues that you know coming up in twenty twenty two? You know, what are we going to get done? What are we going to see get done? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, STRs, the short-term rentals, is is definitely something that I would like to see get done sooner rather than later. It was taken out of Quality of Life Committee in May of last year, and um, with the intent of bringing recommendations back 60 days from now. Well, I think, you know, a lot of people can say why. Um, I, a big problem with why that didn't happen is our uh, every two-year campaign season. <laughs> Um, that was right in the thick of it. So it kind of got put to the back burner, but it's a very important issue. So I'm looking forward to, to closing that out. We have two more um, task force meetings this January, and then I'll be um, uh, holding a special call um, committee meeting, taking public input and collecting the uh, uh, recommendations that were crafted by the task force, um, and then hopefully getting it on to council at that point. Another one, as I mentioned, was ban the box. It's something that I uh, look forward to um, continuing um, pushing for, which is uh, making sure that there is uh, that that we prohibit the um, question in an initial application uh, of, for employment about um, previous convictions. And of course, businesses can do background checks and things after the fact, but a lot of times. You don't ever get to that point um, if you're weeded out just from putting that through. So and my father is a convicted felon um, and he has had a very successful career with Frito-Lay now uh, for 35 years and um, never would have uh, been given that opportunity had he not gotten the training that he got, um, the vocational training that he got at Huntsville, but also the um, opportunity that was given to him uh, by a, a large corporation like that. And I know that times have changed a lot, um, but I look at my life and look at uh, the privilege that I was afforded. Um, and it was, it was off of the, the hard work that my dad did, um, but it was off of hard work that was, that he did because he was given an opportunity. And um, I know that that isn't the, the case for everyone uh, when they come out of, uh, out of the system. So um, this is something that I feel very passionate about. Um, also, um, I would say the increase of uh, mental health components. Now, I, I haven't necessarily taking, taken that up in my, but I promise you I've been a very loud voice in the background for it. Um, the uh, expansion of right care, we're, uh, we have seven currently on the street. Um, we've funded up to 10. We will have 10 um, right care teams to respond to mental health uh, calls across the, the city, which should um, result in us kind of shifting that call volume of mental health calls off of DPD's um, docket and onto these teams. And then in addition to that, um, this, this current fiscal year budget um, with our real-time rapid rehousing initiative, 
we have hired um, contract of 98 social workers to be a part of the outreach for encampment uh, abatement. So now we are not only focusing on a housing first model, but we are uh, bringing in social work to uh, put in names, you know, instead of with people, instead of just numbers and statistics of how many people accepted um, resources and how many didn't. Now we have the ability to continue uh, building trust, breaking barriers, and and hopefully, um, you know, penetrating that vagrancy that issues that, that the issue that exists. So, Chairman, I want to start or finish up kind of where we started in the first segment. We talked about your culinary background as a sous chef in town and as an educator. And so I want to get your take on the food scene here in Dallas. I want to know what some of your restaurants, uh, your favorite restaurants are uh, so I can take a few notes. Yeah. Um, well, we are an awesome food city. Let me just say that. Um, I, I think that we lack a little bit of innovation. Um, it seems like anybody pushes the envelope a little bit, um, doesn't seem to be as successful here as they do in some of those other markets. And, but then you see steakhouses that have just been around for, for you know, a hundred years. So um, it's, it's fun to see where the trends lie. I'll, I'll tell you my experience working for Stephen Pyle specifically um, just shows how much of a godfather he is in the industry. And it's not just here at first, you know, when I moved to, to, to New York, I said, you know, I thought that him, Dean, uh, Faring, like uh, Kent Rathbun, they were all, you know, they were local guys um, and they, they are, uh, but they're much more than that. And so, um, so much of the envelope has been pushed by those three individuals in our city. And Stephen was such a big pioneer. I remember um, hearing a story when I was prepping with him one day uh, about him being the first restaurant in the uh, state of Texas that used red bell peppers. And he had to um, order them special from California that came in. I mean, because it was just not a thing. It was a specialty thing. And so to have watched the evolution of food go from, you know, this steak and potatoes in this town to um, learning molecular gastronomy behind uh, the ceviche bar with Steven is something that uh, was, was pretty cool to see. Um, some of my favorite restaurants, you know, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of basic. I'll be honest with you. Uh, so I, I hate when I'm asked that cause I, I always get, uh, disappointing answers, but you know, good barbecue. I love, uh, pecan lodge. I, I know that it's a tourist, uh, trap at this point, but they make some damn good food. And, uh, so I like going there. Um, 20 feet seafood joint is, um, uh, it was, and over off of PV Road, Far East Dallas, that's something that I, I think was my favorite restaurant in, in all of Dallas. Uh, no frills, bring your own, really good quality food. Uh, the crew came from Stephen Piles, so I knew, uh, you know, through that fraternity. Um, they didn't make it through COVID, but I am hoping to see them uh, come back up, maybe even in District 7. So uh, we will we'll keep our fingers crossed there. But in addition to that, I, I like... Um, Ojeda's is, is one of my all-time favorite uh, Mexican restaurants, something that I, I went to my whole life. We have one in DeSoto as well. Um, and then I like Meso Maya. I think good good uh, margarita. I love the avocado margarita at Meso Maya. And they also have a really good uh, chicken mole for uh, such a, a kind of mainstream spot. So 
but I, again, I, I'm kind of mainstream uh, um, whenever I, I go out, which is, I could be better about that. I, can't, I think we're pretty close because I think, Ryan, like my first lunch that I had with the team was at Ojeda's. I mean, that's like one of our spots. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love it. Really, the armadillo eggs. The- yeah. <laughs> I love it. No, my mom's actually picking up, uh, we, we do tamales every uh, year for Christmas Eve, and she's picking up our rice and beans from Ojeda's. <laughs> well, um, Chairman, it's, it's been great. Thank you so much for your time. If our listeners want to um, to follow you, uh, can you let us know what would be the best way to do that, um, either on social media or website or whatever it's easiest for them? Yeah, at um, Twitter, you can find me, um, Adam. At, it's at Adam Basil Nua, uh, and that's A-D-A-M-B-A-Z-A-L-D-U-A. Uh, that is about the... Uh, you can probably find me on every other platform with that, just searching that same. Um, on Facebook, if you go to facebook.com backslash Basil Dua, the number four Dallas, um, you will find it there as well. So thank you all so much for having me. And thanks for uh, um, bringing up some really important issues with STRs. Yeah, you bet. We're, we're certainly uh, appreciate you and, and look forward to uh, continuing to see you work on the issue and uh, uh, following you uh, and your colleagues in 2022. So uh, yes, this Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Tribble, Sean Williams. We'll be right back. Constructing Dallas, we are back. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble, Ryan, another another great conversation uh, with Chairman Adam Bazadu. Man, I certainly appreciate that guy. He was working till the wee hours of of the workday on Friday uh, on the third of five STR task forces. So um, he certainly deserves some some time off this Christmas uh, before things start back up in January. Yeah, you know, I, I like that, you know, because for those of us who follow on Twitter, you know, you look at he and, and the mayor and how they uh, went back and forth sometimes on Twitter doing, during uh, his first term. But now, you know, you do see them working together, get to see them out being very friendly. It's, it's really cool. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he even shared that story with us. It's really cool. Yeah, it was, it was great. And so big thanks to uh, Chair Basil Dua. So let's, 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 I mean, this is our last recording of the year. And so I I definitely wanted to maybe hit some of the highlights of the year on the show, as well as maybe some of the highlights for, for the year with our jobs at Alamedia. Well, um, working with you is always a highlight colleague. Uh, So thank you for your diligence your great ear for music on this podcast. I really just show up. You do all the work. Well, you know, we, we have had some able folks helping us, Samantha Matthews in the first part of the year, Samaji Best in the second part of the year. 
And so, you know, we are unable to do it without the steady hand of Ryan Trimble on the rudder of the ship. Uh, is that the right? Is that is the rudder the right word? I feel I'm, honored. I'm not a ship guy. So I, I really feel like I'm a sea captain now. This is great. I, that's how I feel. I, I, I feel like you're captaining this thing, you know, and taking it off and helping it land every week or other week, I guess I'd say. So uh, it's been great. You know, we, we've had some really great shows. And over the last few weeks, uh, we've had some of my favorite. And, uh, you know, I have to say Nadine Lee uh, was was a really, really Same. good insight from somebody new to town who has a lot of great experience. Also, someone new to town that we had on, uh, Chief Eddie Garcia, was also a really great guest this year. Yeah, Chief Garcia was great. I, I of course, loved having uh, former Speaker Joe Strauss on. Um, you know, I thought that was just a, a great, uh, great interview. Really appreciated him. Um, I think it's fun that we're ending the year with um, the guy leading the short-term rental charge. I think we started off the year with uh, our friend Luis Briones from Airbnb. So. A nice bookend there, Sean. Luis was definitely uh, a great show that we had. Um, you know, I, I think we talked to um, Dale Long, who survived the 16th Street bombing in Birmingham, which was, you know, another great guest. And Jerry Hawkins uh, talking about um, the, the history of Dallas, the, the past and present of Dallas. Uh, another great conversation we had. So I think you know, we've got some ideas. We, we had some names on the list for this year. And, and we really, the last half of the year, we really started hitting our stride. We really started ticking off some of the names on that list. So I'm, I'm really excited about where we're headed in 2022. 2022, heading into year five? Yeah, that'll be the fifth year, year of Deconstructing Dallas. Who, who could imagine that we'd still be on the air? Who could imagine our mothers would still be tuning in? I mean, this is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really thought, this is no joke, after the second year or so, I thought that the powers that be at Allen Media were going to say, okay, this is a great experience now, uh, get back to work. <laughs> but instead, we're, we're lining up the trophy cases full of new and interesting trophies. Uh, again, congratulations to you, Sean, uh, and to us, and to all of us for the many, many awards we have uh, loaded up because of this, uh, our work here on the podcast and to our listeners. Thank you. You are a part of this just as much as we are. Um, man, we got some cool trophies though. We've got okay. some great trophies. I mean, first off, it's just enough for us patting each other on the back. Like for, I think that that is enough to get us from show to show anyway. Um, but you know, it was great to win some awards for this podcast our company's won awards across the board for video, for uh, PR. You and I were also recently recognized for some of our work, along with our colleagues, uh, on the work we did in West Dallas for Megatail. We won an award from uh, PRSA Dallas, uh, which was really cool. Really cool award, too, that I have not tweeted yet, I don't think, but I think I will pretty soon. Uh, but really cool award um, for that work. Probably. And that was at the beginning of this year. And one of my favorite projects that I worked on during my time at Allen Media and, uh, you know, the, the work that we did together with our other colleagues on that uh, somehow definitely remember for a long time. 
Yeah, re- really great stuff, Sean. So thank you for your leadership, sir. <laughs> well, um, I don't know exactly where we're going with our next show uh, because we have not figured out who our next guest is yet. So I think that this is an opportunity. You know, one thing I wanted to do, and I, I was listening to, so this is a 2022 resolution. I am going to find out a way, and I think I have it. I just need to talk to you about it to get um, ideas from our listeners for guests that they want to hear. And so I've got a couple of ideas on that. So my resolution, I resolve to you, Ryan Trimble and our listeners, that we will have a way for people to send in their recommendations of guests that we should have on the show. And I will have that no later than Jan 31 of 2022. Well, when you put up the Twitter poll, I will participate and then I will um, tweet some fun names. Maybe we, do, maybe we should do, who do you want to be on the next guest on Deconstructing Dallas? Wrong answers only. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll take that under advisement. Yes, yes. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, Sean, uh, I'm very excited for the Mighty Mustangs. They're playing in the Fenway Bowl. When, when is that? December 29th. Isn't that crazy? I saw something on Twitter where they were painting the end zones, I believe. They did. Uh, for I the, probably for retweeted. Them. Yeah, most likely I saw that retweeted from you. You're um, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the ponies, ready for the Aggies, who, according to many observers, had the number one recruiting class in college football. Um, man, Jimbo, no wonder he's staying in, in, in College Station. He knew some good stuff was happening. We would love I would love, can't speak for everyone, to see that off-field success turn to on-field success as well. But you know what? I think everybody knows that that's fair. I don't, I don't think that's I'm right. And, and uh, uh, I think we'd be remiss in being a Dallas-based show and uh, not congratulating the Sock Bears on their state title. South Oak Cliff and Coach Jason Todd made history um, this past weekend. We were at the game. Dominique and I and got to see I mean man, it, when we got there first off it was packed I, I think I heard that uh, someone from UIL said they couldn't remember opening the third level for the first game on a Saturday before so I'm sure the numbers are going to show but by the time we we got in the building sock was ahead 14-0 by the time we got hamburgers hot dogs it was tied I mean it looked like Liberty Hill. And while we were there, the whole game, Liberty Hill threw one pass. I mean, it was like old school, you know, uh, wing tee offense, smash mouth football, three yards in the college dust, literally. And, man, I, I have to give it to Coach Todd and his staff and those kids. Man, they found a way to uh, just, man, keep those guys from getting 10 yards. I mean, I don't know how they did it, but they, they kept them out of the end zone in the whole second half, which I didn't think – I wasn't sure what they could do. And just, man, a fourth down where they threw a pass uh, with like a minute and something left. I mean, just great coaching. Those kids are well coached and uh, excited for them. And the parade that's going to be going down tomorrow. So great. So exciting. So congratulations, South Oak Cliff. Thanks for representing the city. Well, that is a wrap on 2021 for Deconstructing Dallas. Uh, We want to thank... Our listeners, we want to thank you for continuing to hang with us because, uh, man, we would not be on a fifth year, heading into a fifth year, if it wasn't for folks who listen, who let us know, who send us tweets, 
uh, send us texts and all that good stuff. And so we want to thank you, our listeners. We want to thank our bosses at Allen Media, Mary Woodley uh, and Jennifer Pascal. Thank our entire Allen Media team, including Samaji Best, who does a lot of the behind the scenes work to make sure we're ready to go on this podcast. Um, so, you know, headed into 2022, we want to make it easier for our listeners to share ideas, uh, to let us know who you think should be on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. But until then, please leave us five stars on Apple podcast, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, however you listen to this podcast and make sure you share it with your friend. So to wrap up 2021 for Ryan Trimble, this is Sean Williams, Deconstructing Dallas. Adios.